Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We do have another conversation scheduled right now, um, and it comes from um, our interest in a, in a really good piece of reporting that was in the National Post this week uh, about the state of affairs in foreign affairs, specifically Canada's long-beleaguered Global Affairs Department. Surprisingly, going back a very, very long time, uh, reporter Christopher Nardi puts together a, a really thorough look into what are some pretty long-standing issues, some newer ones, um, that the department has faced and in some cases struggled to address. Now, someone who knows the ins and outs, the ups and downs of the Global Affairs Department is Colin Robertson. Um, Colin spent 33 years at Global Affairs Canada. He's now the Vice President and Fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Good to be with you again, Shay. So this story uh, that's in National Post that sort of uh, prompted us to reach out to you paints a pretty bleak picture of the Global Affairs Department. Do you agree with the overall point being made, and that is that we're just not in a position to necessarily handle the things that we need to? Yes, I think it's accurate. I think that uh, success of government's over the previous years have have not paid enough attention to the Foreign Service, forgetting that it's it is the one agency that represents Canada abroad and it's not just sort of our eyes and our ears, but also our voice abroad. And Canadians we draw a lot of our sense of the country by how we're seen abroad. So obviously we want to have those who are speaking officially on our behalf to be out there both with competence and capacity, and I think we lack both. Uh, pointed out, our language skills have fallen, yeah. and we simply don't have enough people abroad. So Africa, for example, which is the fastest-growing continent and is now subject, as we've been, you probably reported, the Chinese and Russians are in there. We, in fact, pulled back significantly, particularly as we went big into Afghanistan, which may have made sense at the time and after uh, 9-11, but... We didn't bother to maintain capacity in Africa, which is, I say, the fastest growing continent and where there are, there, it's now part of this debate around who's going to, who's going to have the, the, the prevailing voice, the Chinese, the Russians, or the West. And, and you make a good point. You talk about successive governments. We're going back to, um, Pierre Elliott Trudeau was the last person to sort of say, hey, let's take a look at what we're doing and some of the issues that we're facing. And, and that, you know, we're going back almost 45 years now. And a lot of the issues that were identified even before they started that review are still there, right? Yeah, very much so. And I think that, again, Canadians want to be seen doing well abroad, but we're not prepared to invest in it. And I should point out that holds true for our defense capacity, the Canadian Armed Forces, but also for development. Uh, the one thing that I think we have sort of maintained, but we've got challenges there, of course, is in uh, recruitment of people abroad, because we are an immigrant-receiving country. Last year, we received over a million, but I'm sure you've reported on the big, huge backlogs on recruiting for uh, people to come to Canada, as, mm -hmm. as well as dealing with the refugee crisis. Um, now, right now, we have a Senate committee that's investigating the foreign service to see if we are, in fact, up to the task at hand and what we need to do about it. Are you, are you 
um, optimistic about that? Do you think that's a good step? Is that something that you think is overdue? No, I think it is. Uh, I think we've got two things going on. Minister Jolie, who's been in the ministry now for about a year and a bit, she's undertaking a look at diplomacy within global affairs, which I think is necessary. But you've also got Peter Harder and Peter Beam, two former Foreign Service officers, now senators and vice chair and chair, respectively, of the Senate Foreign Affairs Committee, taking a look at the Foreign Service specifically. Uh, to And they've had a whole series of hearings which have reported on all of the challenges that are being faced, and I think shedding light on it, it the result of that, of course, is uh, programs like you and I are talking about right now, because the public is aware that we're not performing the way we should perform as a country at a time the world is getting more dangerous, and where Canada has big interests abroad. You know, look at Alberta, which you, the exports abroad, the people that you bring in, all of this uh, depends in part on our voice abroad, and that's usually through the Foreign Service. Colin, as somebody who spent 33 years with Global Affairs Canada, I know you have a number of ideas about things we aren't doing well and some of the improvements that we could make. Where would you start if you were in charge of sort of saying, okay, we're going to get Global Affairs Canada up to snuff? How do you get started? What's first? Well, I think we probably need more people. The Foreign Service hasn't grown since I I joined, and that's over 45 years ago. So it's the same, roughly the same size Foreign Service, and yet the world, more is expected of it. And so I think you're going to have to have, and you're also going to have to have surge capacity when you have crises. The crisis in Ukraine, we were one of the last countries to be able to go back in and be able to process. And yet we are a country that is expected to receive refugees, for example. So you need more people. The Foreign Service is less than 1% of the total public service. And so I think that's where I'd start. But I'd also put much more money into the training of Foreign Service. You know, we want our people abroad to understand the languages of the country they're in because languages is the first step to being right. able to understand the culture so that that's something i think you'd also want to put uh, more effort into and uh, bringing people in we tend to recruit we haven't had many foreign service exams uh we used to do it every year i would bring back the annual exam and bring people in every year because if you're running a business and you only bring people in every five or six years you run into inevitable problems what about the having the right people? Like, uh, you know, you're talking about some fairly specialized people there, people with language skills, people with geographic knowledge of where we're ever going to be deployed. I mean, you're talking about some specific expertise. Are we failing in that area too? Well, I think so. Yes, I mean, we've we've done the studies have shown that of our senior management, only about eighteen percent of them have capacity now in other languages. And another problem, of course, is people not serving abroad. When I was in the Foreign Service, half of us were abroad, but now of the Foreign Service, only about 18% are abroad. Uh, and then there are reasons in part for that, people with families and not wanting to move and things. But Foreign Service is about service abroad. That's how you develop the expertise and the competence when you do have a crisis in a place like Ukraine, which perhaps wasn't getting a lot of attention beforehand. But if you've got these subject matter experts in these various countries, you can bring that skill to bear. And it's not just within deciding our own decisions within Canada, at the G7, the Prime Minister is expected to bring expertise to the table. Well, if you haven't got the expertise in your Foreign Service Department, it's hard for you to participate meaningfully in these discussions. Yet Canadians, because we are people of the world, expect our leaders to be able to bring that competence to the top table. What about overall sort of the leadership and you know, right up to the ministry where I think you know the National Post points out that we've had 11 
foreign affairs ministers in just 17 years. So in terms of what we're doing with leadership and management positions, uh, maybe it's continuity, maybe it's lack of expertise, or are there some areas of concern there? Yeah, I think that's true. I think that uh, foreign ministers should, again, as a foreign minister, your your strength depends on your network, more so than most jobs. You've got to know these different foreign ministers, and it takes you three or four years before you've got that knowledge, and then you can bring that. Uh, you both have weight within the discussions you have with them, but you can also bring back to the table what they're telling you, and that, that comes with confidence, just natural human uh, relationships. It, it takes a while. Your network is really important, but that's not just for the minister. It's also for the deputy minister. Yeah, There's yeah. been as many changes in the deputy minister as there have been a minister, and I think that's that, that is different from how we treated the foreign service in the period after the post-war when you had people like pearson and escott reed and others who in canada really did play a key role in uh, the construction of the international system after the second world war in part because we had people who'd been in the service for 25 years and then stayed all the way through it began to change really i think in the 80s and the 90s and uh when we began to bring if, for example, the deputy ministers would start to rotate much more quickly. They were no longer professional foreign service officers. And ministers also, as you pointed out, began to rotate through much more quickly. Very quickly. And uh, that, that was a problem for us. Yeah, I mean, much work to be done. Uh, Colin, thank you so much. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but I do appreciate you being with us today.